Next on BYU Sports Nation, what happens next for the BYU football offense? Kalani Satake, the head coach, not about to make excuses. ESPN's Trevor Maddich on the Cougar offensive struggles and the defensive triumphs through three games. Plus, Dennis Pitta has a marquee day in the NFL. He's back. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Monday, September 19th, wherever and however you are dialed in. It's great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jack Sparrow's hairstylist, Jerem Jordan. It was a ton of work, especially uh, when Michael Bolton uh, did that SNL skit. That was a lot of work to transition him into Jack Sparrow, but uh, we did it at the opportune moment. Something I learned this morning, it's talk like a pirate day. <sighs> we will not be talking like pirates on nope. BYU Sports Nation. You, you are more than welcome to, if you would like to, in your abode. Well, maybe we'll sneak a little bit in. Okay. I don't know. You'll have to wait and see. It is talk like a pirate day, though, and apparently that'll get you free donuts at Krispy Kreme. More I importantly, don't understand what those two have to do with each other. exactly. That's <laughs> what makes it beautiful. More importantly, BYU Sports Nation has a brand new T-shirt available. Wait for purchase. It's at the BYU store through the BYU store. Yeah, check these out. Hey, ah, uh, ah. Uh, okay, a little uh, throwback three stripe on the sleeve. I like it. It's like a jersey. It's like a. It's a BYU Sports Nation shirt jersey, Spencer. Yes. You, the next step is to have a customized last name on the back. Stretch Y so on the have back. Harambe on the back. Yeah, it's just you know a little stretch Y at the top on the back. Really solid. Okay, I love so it. those are available. We've had people asking, like, when are you guys going to have some stuff available? Well, we're getting it. There it is, man. And it's royal blue. Would you call that royal blue? I would call that royalish blue. Royalish blue. Yeah. <laughs> We've got new royalish blue t-shirts. Jer- shirt jerseys. Shirt jerseys, sort of, <laughs> kind of. Hashtag Harambe. <laughs> you can put Harambe on the back. And that, how awesome would that be? Oh my. Yeah, well, you can buy one and then take it to a screen printing shop yeah. and do whatever you yeah. want. If it's Harambe that you want to honor, that cool. That would be legit. <laughs> That's on you. I, I have something to do this afternoon. Not that I didn't have anything on Here are today's BYU okay. Sports Nation headlines. <laughs> <laughs> BYU football lost to UCLA 17-14. Butch Pau tied the record for most tackles in a game by a BYU player since 2000. He had 19, wow. 11 solo. The Cougars play West Virginia Saturday. ESPN's Trevor Maddich will join us with his hot takes. Next segment. In week two of the NFL, Dennis Pitta helped the Baltimore Ravens uh, come back with a victory. He had nine receptions for 102 yards, and Paul Asike and the Bears played today at 8.30 Eastern. Ziggy Ansah and Kyle Vannoy both left the Lions game with injuries. Yeah, Paul tweeted out, not tweeted, but uh, sent out a Facebook post last night saying, I'm not taking this opportunity for granted with him on the field. Very cool. Th- think about that story, right? The story of Ziggy Ansah, the story of Paul Asike. So cool. Those guys in the NFL, they didn't even play football growing up. BYU women's volleyball played CSUN and UNLV on Friday and Saturday, sweeping both. The ninth-ranked Cougars opened up West Coast Conference play against 17th-ranked Santa Clara Thursday, 9 Eastern, live on BYU TV. And women's soccer beat Utah State 3-1 Saturday. The tres forditos, that's the tre- three forwards, Ashley Hatch, that's not a word in uh, Spanish either, Ashley Hatch, Nadia Gomes, and Michelle Vasconcelos, Scored for the Cougars. The Cougars host Denver at 9 Eastern coming up, I believe, Thursday? 
Yes. Yep. I love how you say that, especially with the Brazilian names, <laughs> because you served your mission in Brazil. In the Brazil. Nadia Gomes. To Brazil, it's the Brazil, by the way. It's the Brazil? Uh-huh, yeah. Okay. They say, oh, Brazil. <laughs> well, the Brazil. Go. You served in the Brazil? Uh, we, it is the United States of America as well. Right? Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. The time is now. I thought our defense played well, and I thought our special teams did some good things, so uh, we just need uh, an offense to step up. BYU head coach Kalani Satake did not mince words in the postgame conference with the media following a 17-14 loss by BYU to the UCLA Bruins. Offense needs to step it up. The Cougars have dropped to 1-2 and two on the season. Here is more from the coach about trying to flip the script. Tough loss. Um, got some things we got to work through, obviously, and... Uh, you got to find a way to score more points so we can win games. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll keep working together and, and uh, get this thing turned around. I want you to listen to one more, and then, Jerem, tell me what your emotions are after you hear this soundbite from Kalani Satake. The saying that we're getting used to a new system, it's getting, it's, it's now it's time that you can't, we, we've got to be way better. So that's, that's the goal, and, and uh, we've got to get it done. Last week we had a conversation talking about you know, how patient should we be with the BYU offense? Well, I think we're at the boiling point at this point, so uh, the emotion could be characterized as fiery in that it's disappointing, also an emotion, uh, to have limited three quality Pac-12 opponents to 20 points or less and come out one and two. That's tough because there's not a freshman quarterback uh, for BYU. It's a fifth-year senior, and there's Jamal Williams as well. So it's, I think that the frustrations with the BYU offense are valid. You can, you can see that Kalani Satake is frustrated to a degree as well. And so it, it, it's tough. It's, it, BYU scored a late touchdown to kind of make it interesting there at the end. But BYU with 273 yards of total offense, uh, Taysom Mill 26 of 48 in that game. BYU could not run the ball. Uh, it, it was tough. It was tough. And BYU's got to be better. Uh, going into West Virginia this week. No BYU coach or player is going to look at those numbers and say, yeah, it's okay. It, it will be – we're good. They, they're not doing that. Trust me. They they even know. In, even in a win, there would be uh, questions yes. about the offense. Even yes. if BYU was 3-0, there'd be questions about the offense because you need to get to the point where uh, you, you're – I don't know, at least decent right now is BYU's, BYU stinks on offense right now. That's just the bottom line. The, the defense is awesome, but the offense has some room for improvement. There are playmakers there. Unfortunately, there are bigger factors at play here. We'll break that down in a moment. But to me, I look at it this way. Every great story has conflict, right? This is the conflict of this season. Now, there are a lot of bad stories with conflict that's never resolved. But in this, can BYU resolve said conflict? with better offense. So this week, Ty Detmer uh, is, is going to get his money's worth uh, because he's got to figure out how can we put ourselves in better positions to succeed. Well, whoever is writing the BYU football history of 2016, people are hoping that there are good things in the chapters ahead. The question is, how can BYU do their part and make the future a little bit better? Kalani Sitake talked very briefly about what the Cougars need to do moving forward. 
that's that's the answer. We just got to get to work. We have to, we have to work extremely hard and make things better for us to um, win games, and that's in every phase. So it's, it, you can't blame it all on one one phase. We, special teams wise, defensively and offensively, we just need to play our game plan. We'll get into that a little bit later about the specifics of it being more than just one thing. Well, he says don't blame one phase. I blame one phase. I, I blame the offense. Like, I, I disagree with that idea, and that's fine. Let's disagree. Um, if the offense had been better, BYU would be in a, in a 3-0 spot and probably ranked, and they're not far off from that, right? Arizona, they make a great drive at the end. Never should have been in that position. BYU, against Utah, BYU doesn't turn six turnovers into anything, yet they still were a two-point conversion away, but you're still cor- scoring in the teens. And then at home, you basically have seven points until the last, couple, the last uh, you know, under a minute to go in that one. So the defense has put BYU – defense does not win championships to me. The defense puts your offense in position to win the game, um, unless your defense is scoring consistently. Uh, it's on the offense to put the points up to win these games. Now, BYU has played a really tough schedule. In fact, Sagarin says that BYU has played the 10th toughest schedule in FBS Is so that far. a surprise to anybody? Shouldn't be. Therefore, we knew that these would be tough games. The fact that BYU has been in them, that's nice. But um, at the end of the day, at the sports judgment bar, it's not about almosts or that was nice. It's about wins and losses, and BYU is 1-2. and two. And if the offense can turn it on just a little bit more, I think BYU's in a pretty good situation. You know who else is wigging out right now? Notre Dame, because they're one and two. An independent like BYU who feels like they should be at a different level, but they're not. And so BYU's not alone in this. They've given up a lot of points on defense. But their issues are different than BYU's. Yeah, and you say, look, I am blaming one phase. I'm blaming the offense. No good coach is going to to pinpoint one thing and say, it's all your fault. And so you can't blame Kalani for saying, look, the defense I, still can't I get don't. better. Special teams still can get better. The offense can get a lot better. I don't know that the defense can be much better. Like, the, against those opponents, that's about as – that's all you can ask for is that what they've done. Fact of the matter is, BYU's offense is the one that needs to be a lot better. And they're not shying away from that. Which brings us to today's Twitter question. What do you expect from the BYU offense Saturday versus West Virginia? Use the hashtag BYUSN at wise underscore guy. We finally break 20. Maybe it's only 21, but this week's going to happen en route to the W. 21 points in all three games would put BYU at 3-0 and in the top 20. Isn't that crazy? That hurts. Isn't ah! that crazy? Ah! That 21 points. If I mean, if you said that before the season, like, hey, if you uh, do you think 21 points is going to be enough to beat UCLA and Utah and Arizona? I would have said no. No, of course not, because Arizona is a prolific offense under Rich Rodriguez, who is an offensive-minded coach. Utah, maybe, Utah, maybe, yeah. maybe, because you weren't sure what they were going to get from their offense. But UCLA, no way. Yeah, you thought. I I guarantee everybody thought UCLA is going to score at least twenty one points. I thought they were going to score at least twenty one points on the road, and they didn't. They scored seventeen and won. But can BYU break twenty? Don't put it past the BYU defense against another prolific offense in West Virginia. That if the Cougars can muster together 21 points, that might be enough to beat West Virginia. That's the thing about this. It's not like the, the offense has to do that much more. They've struggled, but they don't. <laughs> they just need to be mediocre. They just need me, be mediocre because right now, scoring the ball, they're one of the worst in the country, which is our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU is 119th. 
in the nation in scoring offense with 17 points per game. That is 10th worst in FBS. That's a tough, tough number to swallow right there. I've never swallowed any numbers, but that would be tough to swallow. <laughs> That's one of those huge I bet little vitamin kid, pills. Little kids have, yeah, like a horse. Yeah, it's the horse pill. Horses, horse the horse vitamins. pill is labeled scoring <laughs> offense. <laughs> And, and this is this is crazy, right? Taysom Hill, Jamal Williams, Nick Kurtz. What? 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 What's going on? So there are certainly some answers to serious questions to be had. Now, to me, what do you expect? What do you expect yeah, do on I expect? Saturday? I expect BYU to change things offensively, to mix uh, the way they block, to put a tight end to, to help out, to run the ball more effectively. Listen, the thing no one's talking about from this game against UCLA, BYU couldn't rush the ball, so they became one-dimensional, rushing 23 yards. If you can't rush, then you're predictably a passing team, and Taysom Hill's strength is not his arm per se, although he can be a good passer. But that was tough, and guess what? UCLA secondary is good. The line couldn't block. Not having a Louis Lapalajo in that game was a big deal. And we talked about it this morning. You need to see we, the big picture we here. We missed Kyle Johnson, I say we, BYU, and Brad Wilcox in that game more than the first two even, where you're like, oh, geez. The, it's like Taysom Hill did struggle. Some throws were off. The timing was off. Guess what? That, that's the most visible component of all this. But if you can't rush the ball, that's tough. That's tough. And they, the coaches did have the conversation at halftime about – do we, do we bring in Tanner Mangum? And the answer was no. They see the big picture, okay? And let's dive into that a little bit more. I expect BYU's offense to be a little better because of urgency and desperation at this point. When a team feels backed into a corner, they will fight at a new level. Ty Detmer's a savvy guy. And he and Taysom are going to sit down this week and pinpoint the packages and wrinkles that Taysom is most comfortable with. So for me, I anticipate a lot of Taysom Hill in the shotgun, more ride option, and more throwing to the running backs. Like you said, Jerem, quarterback is the easy position to target. He's got the ball in his hands every play, but it's a team game. And it would be unfair to not point out the breakdowns in all aspects of this BYU team. And I think the hugest one you already brought up BYU is playing without three projected, experienced starters on the offensive line. Ului Lapuaho, Kyle Johnson, Brad Wilcox. Guys that have played in a lot of games. They've been there. They know what to do. They're out. The lack of depth on the offensive line was exposed on Saturday night. It's not anybody's fault, per se. Well, it's always somebody's fault. That the depth isn't there because you don't plan on having three guys well, gone. So do you do it's Bronco Mendenhall's fault because the cupboard was I'm empty not, or that's something? That's the thing is I'm, like, not pointing, I'm not pointing a finger at anybody saying it's yeah. your fault, it's yeah. your fault, it's your fault. But it's always somebody's fault. It's a, it's a case of unfortunate circumstances. Okay, BYU was exposed because they have a lack of depth on the offensive line. Also, the receivers had a hard time creating any sort of separation. If Taysom Hill doesn't have open receivers to throw to and he's being pressured because the offensive line has serious breakdowns, guess what? That's a recipe for disaster. They weren't Michigan's defense, so there were certainly openings out there. And then you you can make adjustments in the way you block, in the pass plays you call, in the timing of said throws. There's things you can do, and that's where BYU needs to get better this week against Virginia, West Virginia. If there's one I wish thing it was I know. Virginia. I really do, but it's West Virginia. If there's one thing I know about <laughs> Kalani Satake and this staff, it's their ability to assess the situation and make amends to fix the issues. 
Conversation happening right now on Twitter. Join us using the hashtag BYUSN. Who was right? Who was wrong? Stay tuned for Going for Two. And Trevor Maddich of ESPN will join us with his hot takes on the BYU offense. Where does he think they need to get better and now? BYU Sports Station presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio, moving pictures on BYU TV in high definition. The conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Join our conversation using the hashtag BYUSN. Everybody has an opinion today. That's right. There's plenty to discuss as well tomorrow night on After Further Review at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. The guys will break down the film from BYU and UCLA and get you ready for the Cougars and Mountaineers of West Virginia coming up Saturday. Speaking of the West Virginia game, what do you expect out of the BYU offense on Saturday against West Virginia? That is our Twitter question today. And that is the first question we will pose to our ESPN college football friend, analyst, insider, and national champion Trevor Maddich, who joins us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Trevor, what do you expect from the BYU offense against West Virginia? Well, what do I hope or what do I, what do I expect? I, yes. I hope that they'll score more than 20 points because they haven't done it yet this year. Uh, I expect that they will struggle to score more than 20 points unless the defense contributes to it. Where is the biggest issue on the BYU offense currently? Well, let me count the ways. Um, first of all, where, where they're really struggling uh, is on the offensive line and, and tight end. They played this last game without three of their uh, intended starters from preseason, and that's tough, especially when you're in the first year of recruiting to a new offensive style. You don't necessarily have the depth and maturity of, of offensive linemen that you can go down that have been recruited and developed to play this kind of a style. So it makes it harder. Tight end, they, they really don't have that guy that, that can go out and be a threat to defenses at that position right now. That's something else they have to recruit, and that's something that will take time. But the thing that frustrates me the most is the fact that the quarterback and receivers are not efficient at taking what's there. You see from the quarterback position, Taysom Hill is not hitting receivers that are open too often, and receivers look to me like, they, if you were to try to, to convict in a court of law this wide receiver core as a group, not every individual, but as a group, convict them of being hungry for that football and fighting for it, I don't think you'd find enough evidence to convince a jury beyond a reasonable doubt. You tweeted on uh, Saturday night, the BYU offense is playing on a field 53.3 yards wide and 6 yards long. Uh, yep. What did you mean by that? Well, what I meant was that everything in the passing game, it seems like, is happening uh, close to the line of scrimmage. Part of the reason for that is that they don't have confidence that they can protect the pocket, and so you've got to get rid of that football. Part of the reason is I think they don't have confidence that the receivers can go downfield and make a play, or the quarterback can throw the ball to the receiver down there. The farther downfield you throw the ball, the more anticipation you need, because that ball's got to be in the air long before the receiver is ready to catch it. And that requires that the quarterback not just sees an open guy and then decides to throw it, but rather anticipates where the open spot will be and throw it there, trusting that the receiver will get there at the right time when the ball arrives. None of those things are happening right now, at least not with any consistency. And so that's part of the reason that that this passing game is so frustrating. Even with tall, fast receivers, most of the plays are happening closer to the line, and defenses know that. They come up, they crowd that space, they crowd the running game, they crowd the short passing game, and you just don't see the BYU offense have the ability 
to make defenses suffer and pay when they cheat up to the line by throwing it over their heads and burning them deep. The controllable is what BYU can do. Then there's the other side of this. This schedule has been been tough, and it will continue to be tough all the way uh, through the end of October and into early November uh, at Cincinnati. What role has the opponent have the opponents played in all of this for the BYU offense? Not much, truthfully, not much. The certainly Utah has got a fantastic defense. Give them credit. UCLA has got has got a very good defense. Give them credit as well. But I don't look at, at what the defense stops. I look at what the defense gives you, and do you take that? You have to start there. Then you try to take things from the defense, and that's a matter of you being good. That's a matter of you being better than they are. But, but again, this is the frustrating part, that there are opportunities that, that BYU's offense just is not taking advantage of. And those are exclusively in the passing game. The running game won't take off under these circumstances unless the passing game opens up the defense for them. So I, I'm, not, I'm not dogging the running game right now. I'm dogging the passing game. And, again, I look at Taysom, and he's tremendously talented. But in this offense, you're required to get that ball out to the spot where the defense will give you. That's why this offense works, because there's more options for the quarterback to choose from. And there's always a place where the defense is weak. You need to know what that spot is and get the ball there. We don't see that enough on rhythm from Taysom Hill right now. Quarterback play is the easy target because he touches the ball on every play. You've mentioned the offensive line. We saw receivers having a very difficult time getting separation on Saturday night and miscommunications just flat out in the offense. How much more patient should BYU coaches be with a new offense that's producing 17 points a game? They need to stay patient. This offense will work. This offense does work. Stanford runs a similar offense. Michigan State runs a similar offense. Alabama, the core of Alabama's offense, is very similar to this. Uh, LSU, same way. We saw what happened with LSU the last couple of weeks when they got more efficiency from the quarterback position just in taking what's there. All of a sudden, the offense started to take off. And so the patience with the offense is necessary. You don't just have three games that are frustrating in a new system and then start flipping around to different systems. You know, you need to believe in what you're doing. And as long as you do what you're doing well, it will work. So I don't think there's any rush to make any changes. I don't think there's any rush to be critical of the offensive coaching staff because I think they're doing the best they can with what they've got, and they're just not getting the production out of the players right now. And right now I think it's more on the players than it is on the coaches Although part of it, too, in fairness, is that the players are also learning a new system. And in fairness to Taysom Hill, he's getting a lot of passes dropped by receivers that, that would be plays that would keep the chains moving. And that offensive line just isn't protecting him, and I think most of that is because of injury. But uh, they're not protecting him, so I'm not putting this all on the quarterback either. All I'm saying is that there are times when, when quarterbacks and, quarterback and the receivers – have opportunities that they need to take advantage of that are there to be taken advantage of, and they're missing too many of those. Trevor, what kind of uh, hap- what would have to happen to have a serious conversation about a switch at quarterback? Well, maybe go one and two in your first two games and not score twenty points uh, in any of those games of offensive production. Um, you know, I think that uh, it's a hard thing to think about because BYU is loyal to their quarterbacks. I know that, that the team loves Taysom Hill. This is not all Taysom's fault by any, by any stretch. Uh, he's actually doing some things that are keeping them alive 
on drives. And so he, he's he's not someone that you want to point the finger to and say, there's the problem. But the the flip side of that is you can't replace the offensive line and all the receivers. You just can't do it. So it's easier and makes more sense if you think a spark needs to be added to make the change at the quarterback position to see if that spark is the difference. Now, it might not be. Maybe nothing will change. But something's got to change. And sometimes something different at quarterback is the one thing that makes the difference. I think if uh, if BYU's offense struggles early against West Virginia, I think that the coaching staff would owe it to the rest of the team to see if Tanner Mangum can be that spark. Not that Taysom Hill couldn't, but if he's not providing it for whatever reason, then I think the coaching staff has an obligation to the other guys that are working so hard to try something else to see if it works. And if it doesn't, go right back to Taysom. Trevor Maddich of ESPN with us. Maybe we're splitting splitting hairs here, Trevor, but over the summer, Ty Detmer referenced that Norm Chow and a couple of other guys that have been in high-profile offensive coordinator positions told him to throw the ball to the running backs to help the quarterback beat the blitz in a pro-style offense. Is it that simple to try and help BYU get something going consistent and positive? Well, that's one of the things that you can do. That's one of the adjustments because if the offensive line is not able to create holes for the running backs you still got to get production out of the running backs especially when you've got a guy like a jamal williams that when he gets the ball in his hands he can do things and so if you can't get into free space by running the ball and blasting your way through plan b is to throw the ball to him and so jamal williams had two catches for 45 yards in this game and i would see them having that adjustment i thought they should have made that adjustment more at halftime and start to throw the ball a lot to Jamal Williams. But I expect them, with their self-scouting, to see that as, a, if not a plan A, then certainly a, a quick-trigger plan B when they face West Virginia. We've discussed the bad news uh, the entire conversation till now. Let's talk about the good news. The BYU defense has been playing really, really well. What are you seeing from that side of the ball? Well, what I see is violence. I see discipline. I see hunger. And I see effectiveness. I see a defense that requires offenses to beat them rather than make mistakes and give up easy plays to the offense. That happens once in a while. But what I see, what I see overall is a defense that, that's in the tradition of a Michigan State defense, of a Stanford defense, a defense that is in the right place doing the right thing with the right technique, and if the offense is going to make a play, they have to defeat a BYU Cougar that's in the right spot playing good football and that way you have to be better than them in order to beat them and i think that that's one of the reasons you're seeing so much good play from byu's defense they're they're fundamentally sound and then on top of that if you were to, to convict them in a court of law of being hungry of playing with urgency it would take the jury three minutes to find all the evidence you'd need to convict beyond a reasonable doubt, the BYU defense of playing with great fire and great intensity, something that I don't see from, for example, the wide receiver position group. Butch Pau had 19 tackles, 11 solo. He leads BYU's defense in tackles with 37 overall. What impresses you most about Butch Pau? He anticipates well. He understands what's happening in front of him, and he hits it fast. That's one of the ways that, that a good athlete can play great football. When on defense, you, you pre-snap, have an idea of what the offense might do. And then after the snap, when you see the play begin, 
It confirms what you thought pre-snap, and then you fire. You attack right now. That's one of the things that he's been doing, and it's one of the reasons he's all over the field making plays. Trevor, great stuff. Uh, interested to see what BYU does against West Virginia this week, and that's probably a severe understatement between, from me and all of BYU Sports Nation. We appreciate you bringing it, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy. And I, I feel bad about so much uh, uh, negative stuff about the offense. I'm, I'm, I think I have an obligation to you all to call it like I see it. And what I see is guys, for the most part, working hard and trying hard. Uh, but I, I see some things that, that need to be shaken up a little bit in order to get this thing going the way it needs to go. So, so I, I, you know, I'll always tell you the truth. I hope that there's better, better news and better analysis next week. Yeah, we appreciate that very much. Thanks, Trevor. Thanks, guys. Trevor Maddich on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. What do you expect from the BYU offense Saturday against West Virginia? Let's get to the Twitter machine. Tweet, tweet. At J underscore Royal 09, go back to the no huddle offense. I'm not the only one who notices they score effectively doing that, right? We knew there'd be a learning curve and it'd take a couple of games. We just thought you could still score some points during that. Um, so I don't, I don't see Ty Detmer just chucking out his playbook completely this Not going to happen. I think that there's some tweaks they can do to be more effective because I, I, don't, think, I don't think BYU's like miles away from being effective. I think they're decently close. Obviously, there's some problems, but I think they'll make t- adjustments as opposed to wholesale new offense. Now, when Trevor Maddich was asked what he expects from the BYU offense against West Virginia, he said, quote, I expect they will struggle to score 20-plus points unless the defense contributes to it. And the answer to the quarterback conversation question was basically like, you can ask that question now, essentially was what he said. At BYU Fan 1995, I'm hoping for points from defense and special teams to put us over the top. So he agrees with Trevor Maddich. Coming up, Butch Pau is a beast on the defensive side of the ball. You already all know that. We break down the BYU defense and the success they are having next on BYU Sports Nation. Pau. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. Mark your calendars for the West Coast Conference opener for ninth-ranked BYU women's volleyball on Thursday. Yeah, that's a big game for BYU. Ninth-ranked women's volleyball, 17th-ranked Santa Clara. Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern time. Of course, Cougars went 2-1 over the weekend. Uh, lost Utah uh, in five, but bounced back, beat CSUN and UNLV, so... Now it's on, right? Uh, the 10-1, and one, or the 11-1? and 11-1, Cougars, Thursday night. Let's refresh today's BYUSN headlines, starting with BYU football. Lost to UCLA Saturday night, 17-14. Butch Pau did tie the record for most tackles in a game by a BYU player since 2000 with 19, 11 of those solo. The Cougars play at, or I should say against West Virginia, in a de facto road game in Washington, D.C. at FedEx Field on Saturday afternoon. Yeah, that's going to be fun. That's, uh, that's an early game. That's a 3.30 Eastern kick. In week two of the NFL, Dennis Pitta helped the Baltimore Ravens uh, come out with a victory. Nine receptions, 102 yards. And Paul Asike and the Bears play tonight on Monday Night Football, 8.30 Eastern. Yes, DP. Dennis Pitta. It's good to see him back he to is work. caffeinated. Women's soccer beat Utah State 3-1 to Saturday. The Trace Fordidos. The three forwards, as Jerem has put it in the script. Ashley Hatch. What script? Nadia Gomes and Michelle <laughs> Vasconcello scored for the Cougars. They host Denver at 9 Eastern on Thursday. It's Brigham versus the Pioneers. 
I love it. It's a great. That's a tremendous matchup. Yeah. Let's the, go, man. The Moses of the modern West <laughs> versus the Pioneers. What do you expect from the BYU offense Saturday against West Virginia? Some tweets before we continue with the conversation. It's winter time. At Connor Crandall 2, to play the whole game like they do the last drives. That level of desperation is, is hard to create earlier in the game, right? See, but I'm thinking because of the adversity they have faced in the three games, I feel like the desperation and that urgency is there for the offense to come out and score quickly. I thought that it was there in the second half. Like, within that game, you play that half, you struggle. I thought that they'd come out with that, and then it was a – they got a punt, and then it was a three and out. It's tough. Right now is really tough for the BYU offense, but I still think that there's uh, playmakers on that side of the ball. I think that little tweaks could result in more points for BYU. The, the first thing I look at is, look, better line play. You need to be able to rush the ball – And on first and second down, BYU needs to be more effective. There are too many third and longs for BYU. Naturally, you're you're not going to convert a high percentage of the third and six plus when you're not effective on first and second down. You can't rush for two, throw an incompletion, and then expect to convert third and eight consistently. BYU was affected by some fluke plays and some mistimed penalties against Utah. That was not the case against UCLA. BYU had two penalties for 15 yards against UCLA. And then... On, on the first touchdown drive was, was aided by three UCLA penalties as well. Those are part of the game, but that was nice timing um, to help BYU get that. And so, I, yeah, the disappointment comes from expectation. Let's talk about that for a second. If you expected just to, for BYU to compete in these games, check. If you expected the BYU offense to be better because there's a fifth-year senior in Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams, yet understood there was you know, a new offense, but by game three you hope to have you know, some growth, then there's a disappointment. BYU has gotten progressively worse on offense the last three games. And you could be – and I asked Trevor Maddich because I look, at those, I look at those teams and I go, okay, these are tough games. I can understand some percentage of this being on, hey, these are tough – this is not Cincinnati and ECU here. This is Utah and UCLA that have NFL players on both sides of the ball. Uh, and, yeah, it's, especially on defense. And it's, it can be tough. I think BYU – will be better on offense this week. Because if they're not, holy cow. Coaches are frustrated. Players are frustrated. Fans are frustrated. And that's okay. Because guess what? Frustration doesn't necessarily have to mean it's... uh, For some reason, I feel like there's this negative connotation. It's natural and normal to be frustrated. And it can be the means to providing some motivation to get better. If you're not frustrated right now, I don't think you're a very big fan. There's a problem, right? (laughs) Of course. So don't get frustration mixed up with complaining and whining. Now, if there's one thing, and I said this earlier, that I know about Kalani Satake and the BYU football staff, is that they have the ability to look at the big picture. They'll assess things, and they will try and fix the issues. They will not mope. To quote one of my favorite former BYU University presidents, Jeffrey R. Holland, no misfortune is so bad that whining about it won't make it worse. So let's focus on some positives. How about the BYU defense getting it done, led by Butch Pau with his 19 tackles, 11 solo, third in the country in tackles per game at over 12. He has been dynamite despite the overwhelming frustration on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, the defense playing great, and Butch Pau has been a shining light on that defense. He's laying the lumber yet again 
Um, 19 tackles. He's third in the country. That's wild, right? And this BYU defense is giving up 17 a game, and that's awesome. Part of the reason there's so much disappointment and frustration with the offense is because of the defense. They're playing so well. Let's say the BYU defense was good, but not I, – I think they've been great. They're giving um, up 28 or 25. Yeah. yeah, it'd be like, hey, the uh, – both sides need to step it up. Instead, there, are, there are, is some uh, finger-pointing at the offensive side of the ball, which is merited and just, and that's fine. Figure it out this week, play better, and do what's right. I, I don't know that you can expect the BYU defense to keep up 17 a game all year. I mean, I mean, if they do, that's awesome. That's a really, really good number. I love the people that are like, hey, do you think Josh Rosen's frozen Rosen anymore? I don't think Josh Rosen beat BYU. I thought he was pretty good, okay? He but ended, they scored 17 yeah. points. He ended up with 307 passing. That's two because touchdowns. they could only rush the ball for 50 yards. BYU ran for 23. Which is why Taysom Hill threw a lot of passes. Like, when you throw a lot of passes, you're generally going to have more yards passing. And okay? You're, yeah, and you're playing from behind. Yeah. BYU played That's from what happens. That game, never it's lost. what happens. What do you expect from the BYU offense Saturday against West Virginia at 86 WI Cook? I want to see better offensive execution. Line sustaining blocks, open holes for the running back, protect the quarterback. Up next, Cougars in the NFL and the whip around, but next, it's the going for two scoreboard. The pass option. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan, live from Studio B. If you happen to miss our show live, watch the rebroadcast weeknights, including tonight, on BYU TV at 6 Eastern. If you miss what Trevor Maddich said about the BYU offense, I highly encourage you to watch tonight during the rebroadcast or download the podcast. After further review, has plenty to discuss as well. Tomorrow night, 7 Eastern time, the guys break down BYU-UCLA. Then get you ready for BYU and the Mountaineers of West Virginia. What do you expect from the BYU offense against West Virginia on Saturday? At Jason Eck 21 says, Coaches work the offensive line to death this week, and they come back to shut down all West Virginia defense. Yeah, this would be an intriguing matchup, right? And it's kind of a must-win for BYU if they want to uh, not just get to a bowl game but have a couple wins above, to be above 500. This is a tough schedule, so another – Power five team, four power five teams in a row. I'd have to look this up, but I don't think the BYU's ever played four power five teams in a row. Maybe, maybe they have. I, I'm not exactly sure when, but the schedule is tough. And it's not Indiana and Northwestern and Iowa State and uh, Vanderbilt. It's quality programs that consistently are at the eight, kind of the seven, eight plus mark. Yeah, Arizona, you can say, is a mid-tier yeah. power five team. But Utah and UCLA? Quality. Are quality Power yeah. Five opponents, and West Virginia has kind of been in the bottom tier of the Big Twelve, but they're a team that can light it up on the scoreboard. At Ron Bond, twenty fifteen, I think the offense will find itself. Ty Detmer is smart, but new things can and usually take time. Trust the coaches and system. Yeah, I, I think the trust is there. You just want to see more output at the bottom of the at the end of the day. The bottom line is how many points do you score on offense, regardless of the means. So BYU needs just a little bit more. We're talking about like one touchdown more per game. That's what we're talking about. We're not talking about this drastic change, right? We're talking about one touchdown more per game would put BYU at 3-0. Wow. That's it. They've and and they struggled games. mightily. We're not at BYU's 119 in scoring offense. If they were like 100, they'd be 3-0. That's, played, hard, that's hard to swallow. They've played three games. That's another horse's pill. 
<laughs> what? <laughs> they played three games that have been decided by a combined six points. That's wild. And and I okay, remember last year BYU went into game four. And there was a lot of drama in those in those first three games. Hail Mary, Hail Mary Part Two, Nakua Pick Six. Uh, UCLA was a great game that BYU played. They lost by one. And BYU was out of gas in the Eastern time zone. Does this sound familiar in any way, shape, or form? I think BYU needs to be on high alert going that far away against a, a quality team in the same situation. Hey, th- th- this is a time for BYU to rise up and even the slate at 2-2. Two and two. This is a really, really important week for BYU football. It's time that we are held accountable for our projections. Oh, boy. From last <laughs> Friday, Jerem. It's going for two. Can you predict the future? These guys think they can. We're going for two on BYU Sports Nation. Oh, we predicted the future. Didn't say we were right about it, but we certainly offered our <laughs> predictions. Let's start with you, Jerem. Man, I need to stop making offensive predictions with this team because they have burned me, man. Okay, number one, BYU will score 30-plus. Yeah, 14 points. Number two, Taysom Hill (laughs) will have at least two passing touchdowns. He's thrown two total through three games. (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm one for one in five. I have one correct through three games. <laughs> You've one wrong, and then how did you put it yesterday on Twitter? I wasn't wrong. It about wasn't them. that I was uh, wrong. It said I wasn't right. <laughs> I need to be way more BYU, aka conservative, oh. in my picks here. Okay, holy no, shnikes! Number one for me. I I really thought BYU would find some sort of offensive groove on Saturday and score 24 on Saturday. They scored even, 14. I tried to top you on that one. Wow. We both were 10 points plus off? I thought BYU Jeez. being home would energize that offense and it would be a plus 7 type of thing. They mm-hmm. scored less Less than and, what they were averaging. And it was, I mean, for 59 minutes, it was 7, seven points. It was 7 points. Number two, BYU will hold UCLA under 100 yards rushing. Yay! Somebody got one. Okay. That takes me to three correct and three wrong on the season. BYU's defense did exactly what I thought they would do against UCLA's rush offense. They are who we thought they were! Which is why Josh Rosen had to throw the ball 40 times. Because BYU's rushing defense is really good. 50 rushing yards. 50 yards! That's fantastic. Holding a team to 100 yards rushing is really stinking good, too, because most teams average, like, 150-plus. Like, like if you're in the top half, you're going to be at 150-plus. 50 yards? That's awesome. Yeah, BYU's defense is bringing it. Listen, I need to crank it up because I'm, I'm already down two strokes, mm. if you will, mm-hmm. in this. But it's early. It's game three. <laughs> We're only a fourth of the way through. I My spidey senses are projecting Jerem will make two defensive predictions this I'm making Friday. Two, yeah, or I'll be like, BYU. <laughs> I, I'm going to have to go th- like this route because we haven't set up any like criteria as to how aggressive or conservative we are with this. So I'm going to be like, BYU will punt at least six times. It's got to be like something like that where it's just like, yeah, nailed it. Just give me some, <laughs> just give me some layups, oh my and then goodness. I'll step back and shoot some free throws, and then I'll step back and shoot some threes. I've been shooting contested threes so far by it, self-imposed. Maybe we should tier the points. Like if you make an offensive projection, it's worth two. 
<laughs> Why? <laughs> Why, Nancy Kerrigan? Let's be fair to Brian Logan as well, because he made yeah, projections he on did. Friday. He did. He said the BYU defense would not give up a touchdown. Mm. Brian was wrong. They had two <laughs> touchdowns. Brian can be crazy with yes. these. Like, what? Well, crazy is one word for it, Jerem, right? <laughs> there are a few other words I can think about when describing Brian Logan's like, prediction. Trevor Maddich brought up the court of law. This is the moment where I almost want to bring up you know, that with, uh, with Brian's predictions. Would Brian mm-hmm. be convicted of being insane in a court of law <laughs> based on his predictions? <laughs> would, he be, yes. would he be let off because he's insane? Uh, Spencer, Arizona won't score. Huh? Jamal will score his first touchdown of the season, said Brian Logan. And he got and it that only one took right. three UCLA penalties on that drive and like six plays inside the 10. And they had to review oh, the play. Oh, oh. As one person uh, put it, there's excitement when you score a touchdown generally. That one was just relief. That was a relief touchdown. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Thank you. What do you expect from the BYU offense Saturday against West Virginia? Back to the Twitter machine. You've got tweets. At Talk to Boyd. How about some adjustments on offense to surprise the opponent and minimize or minimize, sorry, our vulnerabilities. That's a hard word. Vulnerabilities. Yeah, I, I think that's spot on, right? I, I think the BYU coaching staff, especially Todd Emmer, will look at that this They week. will make adjustments. There will be there's going to be some some okay. drastic Look, shifts in what BYU puts out there on offense. What did I say last week about the offense? I said wait through four games. I've changed that to wait through three and a half. By halftime, if BYU has the same struggles they had, there's going to be a change, in, you, in my opinion. At vid and slish. Nice. <laughs> did I read that right? <laughs> I'm always worried that there's – Two words where there's yes. one that I didn't see. Yeah, 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 yeah. whatever. I expect the offense to ignore the fair weather fans, settle down, <laughs> and just execute like we know they can. I'm okay with people who pay money to be upset when it's not what they expected. That's your right to voice that. It's okay. It's okay. This is a, that's a slippery that's a slippery topic because it's divisive for sure. Oh yeah. It is very divisive. And like we if, saw that. Like over if you the don't weekend. agree with us, you can boo at home. It's fine. Coming up, <laughs> it's the Cougar Whip Around. Records are being broken. Dennis Pittas are catching over 100 yards. This is BYU Sports Nation. I like the Dennis Pittas. More Dennis Pittas. Yeah. BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Whoops. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. BYU lost to UCLA 17-14 Saturday night. Butch Pau tied the record for the most tackles in a game by a BYU player since 2000. With 19, the Cougars play West Virginia Saturday. Cougars in the NFL. Butch Pau. Ooh. <laughs> in week two of the NFL, Dennis Pitta helped the Baltimore Ravens come out with a victory. Nine receptions, 102 yards, and Paul Lasica and the Chicago Bears play in Monday Night Football. Tonight, 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Daniel Sorensen had three tackles for the Kansas City Chiefs. Kyle Van Noy had a tackle but left the game early with a calf injury. And Ziggy Ansah also left the game with an ankle injury for the Detroit Lions. Get better, dudes. Volleyball. The Cougars played CSUN and UNLV over the weekend, sweeping both. Ninth-ranked BYU hosting 17th-ranked Santa Clara in the West Coast Conference opener Saturday, 9 Eastern. Watch it live on BYU TV. Thursday or Saturday? It's, uh, Thursday. Thursday. Just there you go. Yep. Amy, Amy Boswell ended the match against CSUN, by the way, with an 882 hitting percentage, the highest hitting percentage in the BYU rally scoring era. That is since 2001. Soccer. Number six, BYU. Beat up on Utah State, 3-1. to one. The three forwards, Ashley Hatch, Nadia Gomes, 
and Miss Shell Vasconcelos scored for the Cougars. <laughs> Can't do that with a straight face. The Cougars host Denver at 9 Eastern on Thursday. The Pioneers versus Brigham. The RPI is out, by the way. BYU's number two in the country in women's soccer. Awesome. Golf. The women play in the Spartan Invitational, not Michigan State, in San Jose today. Future guests this week, Blaine Fowler, Jeff Benedict, host, uh, excuse me, uh, author that we've had on several times, uh, working on a uh, Steve Young book. Very exciting. And James the Mormon will join us. I'm telling you why. I am telling you why. Men don't even try. (laughs) Give me some apple pie. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. Bob Bowlesby, obligatorily. Mm-hmm. And Butch. Pa. Ooh. Pow. Pow. Ooh. He does that, right? Hey, Who brought that up? Was that Blaine Fowler that brought that up in the Blaine postgame? Blaine Fowler. <laughs> yeah. Yes. What do you expect from the BYU offense Saturday against West Virginia? Let's go to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. <laughs> At Melocopter, we put up 51 combined points and allowed 53 combined points against three Pac-12 teams, so I expect us to look like a Pac-12 offense. Against West Virginia? <laughs> I believe West Virginia had a bye. Is that true? That is true. Okay. So they've been uh, gearing up for the Cougars. So They were watching this, very closely listen, on Saturday backs, night. Backs are against the wall in this game for BYU. East Coast trip. West Virginia is a quality team, in my opinion. And BYU's offense has has some things to uh, figure out. Desperation is, yeah, in yeah, play. Yeah. Have you ever cornered a raccoon, Spencer? <laughs> no. I bet some West Virginia fans have. When that happens, they fight like crazy. <laughs> Danger, just, Will Robinson, you just, you just went this Saturday. It, you just went and tuck it slate on me. Tuck it slate. What's up, tuck hey, it? Tuck it slate done cornered a raccoon one time. My man, tuck it slate. <laughs> if you don't know who he <laughs> we is. We ran into Tuck and Slade. He's the director of baseball operations for BYU Baseball. <laughs> we, it, it sounds like a mountain man named, you know, Mountaineer. We shook his hand. We're like, he could he could kill a bear with his bare hands. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Our elite tweet of the day from at Harris Mata'afa. To feed Jamal Williams more. My man is hungry. 14, feed him. 14 carries for 28 yards. Time They're to hungry. crank it up. Yeah, he's hungry. Thanks, Trevor Maddich and everyone on our crew. Show on demand. Download the podcast on iTunes and the TuneIn app. For Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton. Shout out to Eddie Stinnett. Steve, you got to change the play. No, we're going to run it. We're going to beat Missouri. <laughs> BYU Sports Nation back to work tomorrow, noon Eastern. You done got a coon in the corner. You got a strangler. You got to get